Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. Hi, so welcome to My Walk with Jesus podcast. So I'm very excited today to have another guest with us today, Pastor Gio. So could you um, please just introduce yourself, tell the audience a little bit about your background and about yourself? Yeah, no problem, Stephanie. I'm honored to be here. I know you started this ministry here recently, and so it's a pleasure. My name is Pastor Gio. I grew up in New York City. I am a third-generation Christian on both sides of my family, but for 12 years, I spent time away from the Lord. I decided to, and we can get more into detail here, but I decided to try to see what the world has to offer after a traumatic experience in 1988. But I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor now for 14 years, and I have a Master's of Divinity degree from Andrews Theological Seminary in Berrien Springs, Michigan. My pleasures are preaching the gospel, finances, and health. Thank you for that introduction. So could you please share what you have experienced with your relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes. Having grown up in the church, I was very active. My mom was very active in the church and she was always getting me involved and I enjoyed it. There was never a a moment of like rebellion against it. I didn't leave the church because I had a falling out or something. At 15 in 1988, that was obviously the way it works. And looking back, it's different than how I perceived it at the moment. But in 1988, growing up in New York City in the Bronx, I had one friend, you can say, and two acquaintances murdered. And so at the age of 15, that was traumatic for a 15-year-old. And granted, my relation, my friendships that I was around weren't necessarily the greatest of influences, but we mm-hmm. were all in the church, kids experimenting with different things. Mm-hmm. And But when that happened at 15 years old, I said to myself internally, because I knew my Bible, I had been reading Daniel and Revelation as a kid and learning with not learning, but sitting in with adults and discussing it. I just, Mm -hmm. I was a geek for that stuff. (laughs) But at 15, I, I internally said, if following the Lord leads to this, then I want to see what the world has to offer. And so it was a conscious decision to see what the world has to offer. Like Solomon, in one of the verses, when I share my testimony, Solomon says, I search after wisdom and after folly. And so I decided 15 years of wisdom in my night and being naive, not looking back, but I said, let me try folly. And I started experimenting with what the world has to offer. And that was my first foray there, which lasted 12 years, unfortunately. Thanks for sharing that. And I guess going back to that same moment of that, those 12 years, what other maybe that situation, or is there any other types of struggles or learning moments that you found were most impactful when it came to your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. You know, so when my friend, I was a shortstop in our boys club baseball team, we ended up winning the championship that year. And the second baseman friend of mine named Pito, that was his uh, nickname. He ended up having a fight a fair fight with a little kid at his age and he won. But one day his father in a drunken stupor found out that he was the one who beat up his kid and ended up shooting my friend Pito oh, wow. and, ended up, and ended up dying. 
And so that really drove me to a sense of a distrust of faith, not in a sense. Like I chose, let me see what the world has to offer. It didn't protect my friend. And my relationship began going away from the Lord in a moment of exploring. If this can happen while I'm in a relationship with Jesus, then, you know, what does the world have to offer? But as I, I would like to say quickly, but it wasn't quickly, it took 12 years. But I began to find out that everything I enjoyed in the world left me unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. And everything the world has to offer just didn't really, I kept looking for something more like that YouTube song. I, I, I hadn't found what I was looking for. <laughs> and it's funny, I tell you, we used to go to a club. And we were in New York City, there's clubs for mm-hmm. every, every vice. And we would go to a club and we think, oh, man, this is the best club in the world. And then after a couple of weeks of going there, it would wear out. And we would think, oh, there's maybe something better. And we would find something out, something else. And we would think, oh, man, now this is the best club in the world. But then after a couple of times, you realize this is yeah. it. This is what the world has to offer. And, and look, and not that I was ever rich and famous, but there were times where me and my friends would rent limousines and we'd show up in clubs. And it was funny. One time that made me laugh, my, my little 15 minutes of celebrity fame, we showed up at a grand opening for a club and we had rented limos and as the limo parks in front of the door and there's not gates, a waiting area and there's a red carpet and everything. Mm -hmm. As soon as the door opened to my limo, the limo driver opened it. A couple of girls who were waiting in line to try to get in recognized me and they screamed my name. And so that made everybody waiting there turn around to see who was coming out of the limo. And it's just silly. But I remember that night specifically that night. As I was in the club, me and my friend were having a conversation and I was looking down at the dance floor. It looked like zombies. Mm -hmm. And I remember the Holy Spirit looking back, saying something like, where are you headed better than this? You're just following the masses. This is not for you. And that began the journey back into a faith-saving relationship with Jesus. And what I like to say is that he was always there. I didn't know it at the moment, but he was always there guiding me and leading me, protecting me, because there have been incidents where I I literally could be dead now. And by the grace of God, here I am. And I think that's great that you sort of share that and also share that and the experiences that you had where you talked about how it was empty. I know for myself that a lot of my life experience, like I think I was searching to fill a life through searching the process. It just became much more obvious of how dead I felt inside. And I think that most people, I think it's, it looks pretty on the outside. And I think we go back to the garden. It looked Mm -hmm. beautiful, but, and it is death. And so Mm -hmm. I think in a way, until you experience or come to know God, you really start to understand that because you start to see the change and you start to you feel it inside. I know for me, mm. I, whatever I felt that emptiness when he came into my life, it's no longer empty. And so mm. I agree with you. Like it, it looks, it's like a cheap counterfeit. It looks great. It's temporary, mm. but it just leaves you much more hungry from something else. Cause it just didn't satisfy you at all. 
Yeah, so, it's like New York City, one of the nicknames or Bright Lights <laughs> Big City, and anything you want is at your disposal. But what we all long for, what we all want is peace, internal peace. And it's just not there in the world. And it's funny because my father, I grew up three generations in the faith. Obviously, I spent 12 years away from the Lord, but my father spent some time away from the Lord. But he was never a drinker. And neither was I. I experimented with drinking one year at the age of 21. And what I quickly learned, and it's funny because I call it the devil's juice mm-hmm. <laughs> now. What I quickly learned is that at least for the men in, in the Northeast where I was hanging out and living, the number one reason men drink is to lower their inhibition to be able to approach at the club or anywhere we're hanging out. And then women, the number one reason they drink is because they just want to feel loose and not, <laughs> they want to feel free and nothing like like being under the influence, make you act a fool. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So I would see friends. I was the oldest of my friends and I had my own apartment. And constantly my friends would be crashing at my place, praying to the porcelain gods. Now, because they're all drunk out of their mind and they're vomiting in all over the place. And so I realized early on, man, if, if this is what the world says it's fun. I don't want no, no part of it. Who wants to be out of control? And I worked one time as a police chaplain in College Station. And I would go on what they call ride-alongs, where you ride with a police officer. And uh, at Texas A&M, actually, and 90% of the issues we'd have to address were alcohol-related. Mm-hmm. And it's just not worth it. It's bad for your health. You're under the influence. And it's not becoming of someone who has a faith-saving relationship with Christ. I just always noticed that I always felt so bad after I drank it. And that's definitely a sign that's not good. Because I noticed that I would always get those horrible headaches. And maybe mm-hmm. it's God's way of saying, that's why you shouldn't drink alcohol. See, it's mm-hmm. poison. It's mm-hmm. making you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you going into that. Yeah. Can you uh, share moments where you saw God's grace working in your life? Oh, (laughs) I'm sure you probably have lots of examples, but (laughs) yeah, I know. How long do you have? One time around that time when I was just leaving the church and we were hanging out in front of a friend's house on 174th, actually 173 in Vice Avenue. And uh, we were hanging out right in the balcony of his apartment complex. And there was maybe about 20 yards away, another entrance to the Mm -hmm. same apartment complex, but just another entrance. There was another young man who uh, once again was an acquaintance. And as we started to enter back into my friend's apartment, because I think his mother was calling us to eat, shots rang out. And fortunately, that's one of my friends who, not friends, but acquaintances who were murdered. And But just a couple of seconds earlier, that could have been us Mm -hmm. because one of the girls who we were sitting with did not go inside and she ended up getting shot in the knee. Now she survived, but the other guy didn't. And so that's a moment of grace where I look back and I say to myself, if not by the grace of God, you know what I mean? 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I... Can you hear me? Okay. I thought yeah. I might. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure if I turned it off. Sorry. It's interesting you bring that up because I also had a sort of a moment like that. And of course, at the time, I was not saved yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably a few years before I did find God. But I think of, wow, I, looking back on my past life, wow, the many moments where I could have passed away, but I didn't. And I'm so thankful that I didn't, that I still had an opportunity to find him. Mm. There was once where I had to work really late and was driving. And I, I think they talk about where car accidents. I think they most happen when you're closest to your, where your home is, like within t- a few blocks from where you live. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was coming up and I had a green light and somebody ran a red light and hit my car. And I remember they said, wow, I'm glad you weren't going any faster because you would have died on impact because it was just like. I let off my foot to just Mm -hmm. slow down. And apparently if I had been going faster, um, it would not have been the case. And so it's like moments like that where you look back and said, wow, knowing what I know now, I'm so grateful that I still had an opportunity, (laughs) but it wasn't my time yet. It's funny you mentioned that because I have a similar story and I've never done drugs like hard drugs. I consider alcohol a drug. It's an accepted drug here, right? It's a legal drug. Mm-hmm. Back when I was growing up, weed. So I've never done anything like that. But my friends swear I've been high out of secondhand smoke because <laughs> they would smoke weed in my car. And one time we were driving on Tunnelly Avenue, one in nine in North Burger, New Jersey. This was we were in Jersey City. Anyway, it was snow. Snow was coming down. It was pretty coming down, not hard, but steadily. Mm-hmm. And there had already been some snow on the ground. And my car, if you've seen those exaggerations, (laughs) I mean, if I would have lowered the window, it would have been like a big puff of smoke. And uh, because I had two friends in there. But all of a sudden, my car came to a complete stop in the middle of the highway as if I slammed on the brakes, but I did not. And as soon as the car came to a complete stop, another car came, spun in front of us, like in circles, like Oh, like wow. a spinning top and then went up a hill like it spun from our left spun all around us didn't hit us and then came to stop at the base of a street going up a hill and my friend who knew even though I was in the world everybody knew me as someone who knew their bibles because I did mm. I would actually answer questions and be like look this is not what I'm living but this is what the bible says <laughs> and uh They all swore that it was my guardian angel keeping us from getting hit because there was no reason for me to stop under any influence unless you believe in secondhand smoke. (laughs) And and we never found out what happened to that person because since I didn't get hit, we didn't Mm -hmm. stop to ask. We just kept driving. Wow, that's amazing. I guess my last question for you is what advice would you give to a new Christian in regards to their own walk with the Lord? When I first started coming back, when the Lord was drawing me back, I thought it was about, oh man, if I give up clubbing, then I'll be fine. If I give up this, I'll be fine. The number one thing is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And the only way to find that out for yourself is through prayer the study of his word, and to talk to him about your daily needs, not just some, I need a new car, I need a new job. No, talk 
to him about who you are as a person and what you want to change and for him to reveal himself to you. And he will. He's <laughs> done so in so many ways that you couldn't give me enough money to go back to my previous lifestyle. So foster a personal relationship. Don't depend on your pastor. Don't depend on anybody else. Yes, you can ask them questions. You can seek for answers, but you want your answers to come from the word of God or from clear God's providence, that it is him leading <laughs> you in that way. And if you have that, it could be as dark as can be around you. You won't be moved. You stay steady and follow him all the way home. Thank you. That's good advice. And I would agree. Concur. But definitely. <laughs> he's, he's very faithful and he's always listening. And I've learned that I shared this with other people, but I remember those first lessons I had to learn. One being that the change, like I hear I was thinking that I had to change like me doing the work, learning through my prayers with him and studying the word that no, it, I had to trust him and mm -hmm. tell him and he would help me. And so I think it's, I've learned to be much more dependent on him than when mm -hmm. I first, because I think I was still in this whole thought of I'm trying to save myself. And yeah. so I know it created a barrier at first and he would reveal stuff like that. This is hindering our relationship mm -hmm. going forward. Mm -hmm. And so those are strong lessons in a cursed church for me, studying the Bible and showing up at the church mm -hmm. because I had questions and he wants you to, he's always going to be honest with you. And he's, oh, he does, he wants you to do, he, he wants what's best for you anyhow. Mm -hmm. So if you have a question and if it's tied to his word, he's faithful to give you the answer. <laughs> At least I've yes. learned that for me. He's faithful no, to provide you the no answer. <laughs> so. Sometimes we're the ones that don't want to hear the answer, but <laughs> yes, we're a little resistant. I know it took me yeah. like six months, but I, I got there. <laughs> I learned. So He'll, he's faithful. That's for sure. He would never know. My favorite Bible verse is uh, Hebrews 13, five, the part that says he would never, I would never leave you nor forsake you. And I cling to that no matter what I'm going through. I know he's there with me. I may not sense him because we don't live by feelings. We live by faith, mm -hmm. but I know he's there. And so if he's never going to leave me nor forsake me, then I don't have anything to worry about. I agree. So thank you for that. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we end the podcast or? Yeah, no. What I would like to share is this. Look, we are living in a time and age where things are going to get more polarizing and, and seeming darker. Jesus Christ himself says, when the son of man comes, shall I find faith in the earth because iniquity will abound. The love of many will grow cold. But despite Jesus telling us that he has told us that he will never leave us nor forsake us, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. If you cling to him, if you make him Lord and savior of your life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And he will bring us all the way home. No matter how dark it gets, hang on. The ride may get bumpy, but we're going home. Oh, thank you. And that's our blessed hope to look forward to his return. So I know I'm, I'm very ready for him to come, but I know we still have work to do till then. So yes, indeed, indeed. But he's, he's faithful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Gio, for spending this time to share your story and your testimony. I'm sure everyone will appreciate it. So thank, thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org 
and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.